What is going on, guys? Nikhil and Lucas finally back with another episode of Hip Hop Hype Hour. It's been three weeks since we recorded, and I think a month now since I actually put out an episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess thanks to everyone for being patient. If anything, I guess these breaks, because we've had a lot of breaks here and there. This one's probably the longest, um, at least in terms of how much we've recorded, right? It does give people a chance to catch up on previous episodes, right? Just because we do... Uh-huh. We do regularly drop frequently, right? Once a week. Um, so it can be hard to stay caught up. But I hope that everyone was able to take the break to be able to get caught up on stuff. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, uh, that long break was also partially because, you know, we have officially transitioned to Seattleite officially fully, fully West what, Coast. What do you mean now? we? I mean, you've been here for a year. Well, I know, but I just mean like as, as like, the you know, the podcast, the location, everything. Yeah the west coast everything is in seattle this podcast is now officially based in seattle Um, officially west coast that gives us more clout (laughs) officially west coast well this sounds better like we were just having this discussion right who do you know what rappers from seattle that's very true or raps from seattle west coast sounds better that's true but um yeah updates i guess on the podcast so we're going to have this episode be the last one of season four, just because I think this break is a good time to try to, you know, shift gears transition now. So season five will kick off with the next episode. Um, We've got a really exciting week coming up, which is, and we'll talk about that here in a bit, because that's going to transition into our topic for today. But obviously because we haven't recorded in like a month, we have a lot of music releases and just industry news to catch up on. So we'll go ahead and get started with that. Um, Starting with the music news here. Uh, we'll talk about pretty much just the prominent stuff that dropped over the last few weeks. Uh, first one up being new Youngboy album, Last Slimito. This is an actual album from Youngboy. It's not a mixtape. I mean, this dude would be dropping like every four to eight weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, him dropping is not really a big deal. Album did really well. It actually sold over 100K, but it got beat out by Bad Bunny for number one. And here's the funny thing. Bad Bunny didn't even release an album. Like this was a CD, a physical release of mm-hmm. his album that just dropped like several weeks ago and it's still outsold young boys so that's not a knock against yb by any means but it just goes to show you that right now bad bunny is the biggest artist in the world because in the u.s he's able to go number one from just a physical release like this wasn't even the actual drop mm-hmm. right so right and it's international level, too yep. he's an international artist that is doing this in the u.s right so that that just goes to show um i think there was a it was during the jack harlow release right where bad bunny ended up selling so much and then yeah yeah, and then beat out future beat out harlow so that kind of we use that example to showcase just how powerful he is now um but obviously we're not talking about bad bunny right now we're talking about young boy um yeah i mean the crazy thing with young boy is for the rate that which he drops he still does the numbers right so that's because he's got the fans, you yeah, know, he's, he's got a very fan. passionate fan base, great fan base, um, always supports him. So more power think, to him, you know, I think, I think he's a little, a little, um, going. a bit of a delusional fan base. I think they give him more credit than he deserves, to be honest with you. Like uh, I said, I'm, not, uh, I'm not throwing any shade at the numbers, but from an overall artistic perspective, I think his fans boost him more than what his actual artistic quality yeah, is yeah yeah i i think this is like you know we had this conversation uh about like uh more like artistic like artist artist uh you know like we talked about denzel last year you know we were talking about denzel and then also like he released it and when the numbers came out it was like under 20k right mm-hmm. it was like 
insanely low, but you would think he'd be way more popular based on his artistic value. I think Young Boy is kind of a bit of the opposite of that, mm -hmm. where it's like it's always so saturated, so much music coming out that it's surprising that it continues to do. Yeah. But you know, like I said, he's doing the numbers. Uh, you know, no reason to stop getting the bag if you're Young Boy. So, yeah, very much a uh, like a modern like internet fan base. You know, like yep, yep, you think yep. of like internet hip hop internet trolls tend to be fans of young boy you know that's just like the kind of the correlation we have there but it is what it is uh, kind of going off that another interesting development that just happened like a day or two ago so king von was shot i don't know if you not king von sorry that's what king von i was like Juan Rondo. Juan Rondo got shot oh okay. so he's he's fine it wasn't like fatal or life threatening yeah, or anything yeah. there was another person uh, killed but uh, this is sparking some stuff now. They were like, oh, Dirk finally slid or something like that. Mm. Again, internet trolls, right? But yeah, uh, just another development. I'm sure that I don't think personally that Dirk or OTF had anything to do with this. But obviously, the whole Quando Rondo, OTF, Dirk, Youngboy, King Vaughn stuff has been going on for a while now. And this is definitely going to push that further right in terms of like yeah. like I, i'm just waiting for the academics video at some point that's going to be the trigger point that perpetuates things always is we'll see we will see so that that's the latest development in that uh but going on more with the music news we have here let's see what's up next so eminem curtain call 2 there's like a greatest hits album that he put out um, his second greatest because curtain call was his first greatest hits album right so that was everything up through uh was it the Eminem show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this is everything since then. I don't have a problem with this. I would rather him do this versus put out original content at this point. Uh, okay, but I, I think this raises an important question. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. So like uh, on, on this album, we didn't really get much new music at all. Okay. I think there are a couple of singles that we got leading into it. Like uh, what was the song with Snoop Dogg about cryptocurrency? Uh, there, <laughs> there was that song. That that was a song they put out. Um. But anyways, like, there's only, like, one other new song besides that. But I think this raises the question, like, do people even need to do Greatest Hits albums anymore? Like, back in the day, the reasons that Greatest Hits albums were, like, so, uh, you know, omnipresent. They were everywhere. Every artist had a Greatest Hits album, even if they had, like, two hits. was mm -hmm. because, like, uh, you know, back in the day, you had to buy the actual CD. You had to buy the entire right. uh, album to listen to like one song and so by making a greatest hits album you kind of give fans more of a like condensed front to something that they'll listen to every song mm -hmm. like people an album enjoyer they're like more singles enjoyer right they enjoy that but now with streaming services you just throw your favorite songs into a playlist and it's like you got a greatest hits album right there you know it's like right a lot of artists have done album. this a lot of artists have done this um i, I think it makes sense for eminem though just because he is a more he's a more old school kind oh, of yeah a classical not not classical but like a classic uh, hip-hop artist i can't right? wait like like this album's so, gonna be out there like there are still people that don't have streaming services it's gonna be like in the in the bargain bin and walmart's for black friday oh yeah and people are gonna get this for like their 40 year old like <laughs> family members that grew up in the in the late right, 90s, right. Early 2000s yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 100%, 100%. so i guess i understand it a little bit coming from that angle um but still, yeah, nothing crazy about this. I think just the crazy thing is that, like, someone still put out a Greatest Hits album in 2022, and then, like, this is his second Greatest Hits album, and there's over, like, 30 songs on this. So. Oh, I'm not surprised. This catalog yeah, is insane. Kind of hard to match it. 
but we'll keep moving here. So Calvin Harris funk wave bounces too. And what's interesting about this drop is, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because features predominantly hip hop on this. I don't think this ended up having the same cultural mm-hmm. movement as funk wave bounces volume one did. Cause I remember that album was really a vibe throughout the summer. Um, I was hearing songs like heat stroke and Roland, especially uh, slide, right. With Migos. Oh, slide, slide I was everywhere. hearing those songs constantly on repeat. It was really like a, a huge vibe for like summer 2017. This one hasn't really caught on like that. And, and the singles weren't really that impressive to me, especially um, the, the 21, 21 Savage, Savage didn't single. Work. Uh-huh. It didn't work. So I like the idea that this is kind of one of those albums that the fans had been wanting for a long time. But I think it falls victim to that classic thing is like it came to fruition because of fan demand and because the first one was so successful, but it's just so difficult to meet that bar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually like to compare it to without warning, right? Fans have constantly been like, Oh, we need a without warning too. But what made me that, what I can't talk right now, but made what without made, warning, what yes. made without warning so special is that it dropped like the title says without warning. And it had a bunch of bangers all produced by Metro and the, unpredictable and unlikely chemistry between 21 Savage and Offset worked so well. Uh, So it was kind of one of those things that really came together on the fly. And if they were to put something like this together, like thinking about it too much, yeah, it wouldn't have the same lightning, which in a is model. why I yep. still think that Savage mode is more of a classic than Savage oh, mode too. I agree. Savage I mode two agree. is still good, but Savage mode has a lot more nostalgia and it's just like, yeah, that's the one. Like when you go back and look at yeah, it. So yeah. um usually sequels like this don't end up panning don't out. Don't pan out so I well. Think yep. This is another example of that. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. I haven't really heard much about this project since it dropped. It Maybe one song got big off of it, but yeah, for the most part, pretty forgettable, I think. Yeah, and I think the features also make a huge difference because with Funk Wave One um he got the right features at the right time really right uh, he had um obviously khalid on Roland, right that was a big deal khalid was like just going crazy just yep, yep, yep. um frank ocean obviously on the other track 2017 that really helped um trying to think of other songs young thug young thug was just breaking out onto the scene he had pharrell it's not like he he was missing these features on this album but he just had people that were really popping off at yeah. that time. Yeah, and, and now these people, it seems like he was trying to redo the same thing he did then because it's the kind of more or less some of the same, a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Pharrell's all over this project, you know. Um, yeah, he's got, again, uh, Offset Young Thugs on this project again too. Like, yeah. So it does kind of feel like, and now it's just like they're not, I mean, it's not that these artists have fallen off at all, but you know, like there's kind of like Offset's this sensation. Off. Amigos of have fallen off. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them have, but some of the most of them have not. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same like energy. You're not getting the same energy because it's not like these artists are new on the scene and bringing that hunger and drive. Now they yeah, have 100%, kind of more uh, established sound. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have with that. Uh, it's slightly disappointing just because I was expecting something at the same level. Yeah, you were anticipating this one. Um, next up, we got Rod Wave, Rod Tsunami, Beautiful Mind. Uh, have not checked out this project yet, but it did great numbers. I think it ended yeah. up number one on Hot 100. Um, interesting to me, honestly. I, I didn't think Rod Wave was that popular. Like, For some reason, I, I remember Soulfly. Like a lot of, mm. I remember hearing a lot of chatter about it on like people's Instagram stories and stuff. So I kind of 
um, and am not surprised that this one went number one, especially because like in the past three weeks haven't had any really strong albums come out, like strong right. popular. I'll say popular because there That's I had a, a project that came out past few weeks that I really have loved, but yeah, not popular. This could just be a case of him dropping at the absolute right time. time yeah, right? I think yeah. so. I think so. I mean, hey, not gonna hate. Shout out to Rod Wave. I mean, he, yep. he's one of he's carrying, not not carrying is the right word, but as someone who was double XL freshman, he's kind of solidifying that at least in mm-hmm. the numbers, right? And he he's. Clearly not just a one-hit wonder from Hard on Ice, right? He's been able to generate some momentum and carry that. That's what I was trying to say. He's been able to yeah, generate yeah. some momentum and sort of carry it forward. He hasn't lost it completely. So you got to obviously right. props for that. Next up here, uh, this one was interesting. So Megan Thee Stallion dropped a new album called Traumazine. And this is uh, what I find interesting. So I don't know if this is because I'm just in like a think tank and because I don't listen to Megan Thee Stallion or keep up with her fan base uh, that I just don't end up finding out about like, you know, what news is happening related to her, what singles she's dropping, features, albums. Like I personally had not heard about this until it dropped, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've heard some people say that, oh, this album is phenomenal, but at the same time, it only sold like 65K which is like Roddy Rich level, right? So right. what's interesting to me is this, is I know that she has a big fan base, but these numbers don't necessarily back that up. And I know she's popular, but I don't end up hearing about it. And, and so we've talked about her as an artist, like in months past, and I've said that it, it might be like a think tank type of thing, right? Just because I'm not directly in her fan base, that I don't really find out about what's happening. But at the same time, given her level of popularity from what we've seen before, you would think that it would be a big deal if she's dropping, right? And you would hear about it in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? To some extent, yes. Um, But I think that, like, her career has been amplified and, like, um, uh, like, conflated a bit, like, there's been a, a huge wave of successful, like, female artists in more or less the same lane, which is, like, this kind of sexually explicitive, like, hot girl shit, bad, right. bad boss shit, like, type uh, sound, right, right, uh-huh. like, um, and so I think because of that, for me, I, I, and I think that that also gets echoed with other people, but I just don't think that she stands out enough amongst that crowd to like get on my so for example like rico nasty is like an artist that was kind of getting popular at the same time that i think her style is unique enough that i'm typically able to follow like when she's coming out with a project or something and she's releasing singles i'm following that and i'm hearing about that because she's kind of had this like unique maybe it's just like a selection bias where like i'm just not noticing for megan the stallion because i kind of like been her in my mind with cardi b and um uh, help me out. There's, there's like quite a few other. Well, that's what uh, I was gonna bring sweetie, up. Is like Doja Cat. Like, I think like they, they are a little different, but do you they put all Nicki release... Minaj in this boat as well? Because yes. I hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear about I do do. her drops, right? Like we have this yeah, super really freaky don't. girl, right? I I didn't even really. Again, that was surprised to hear that one at, broke a record. Well, what I about Cardi B with the with Kanye and Dirk? I know that one because because Kanye and Dirk on that, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, so it's pro okay. I, I think I'm seeing the trend here with Nikki and with Cardi, right? These are both artists who are very much in the they've lane been established like a lot them. longer, too. They, yeah. they, they yeah. feature, they feature not just established, but like they still currently feature with artists that we actively listen to, like right. Nicki Minaj this year, beginning of this year, dropped two singles with Lil right. Baby, right? Did it try? I really think it's an algorithm thing. That's what I guess that's what I'm that's trying to say. Okay, I think that's it's what an I was trying to thing. say. This whole yeah. think tank thing, and, and even with Cardi B, it's like we hear about her because even if we don't listen to her directly, she's doing features with the people that we do listen to. Yep, yep, yep. But Megan Thee Stallion, sort of like Youngboy, right? It's, and I'm, again, okay, I'm not comparing the two at all. Like, don't get it uh, Stylistically, not stylistically. Not stylistically at all or artistically. What I'm trying to uh, say is they very much try to stay in their own lane. And it's it's very, it's not as often that they will do a feature with someone like, you know, like a Cardi B. Because remember, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, did that one single right yep, yep, yep. yeah like i guess i'm looking at the features off of this project and yeah. you have like um lotta is that how you say your name Lada, yeah a, a, another Lada? artist Wait, another I, artist I, in that lane so wasn't future yep. on this album though yeah future was on this album that's what I'm I saying, but i don't think that was a single that so wasn't I, a single but yes i saw something on tiktok apparently like and this came out actually just like today so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that this was like very like uh in the past or something apparently she paid future two hundred fifty thousand for that feature mm. so so uh maybe that has something to do with it maybe for some reason that she's just getting charged very high for these features right and for that reason it's like she's not featuring yeah, with yeah. these maybe people aren't so willing to do features with her as they are with like a Nicki Minaj because she's been around for the past decade. Yeah. She's like buddy buddy with Young Money and like the whole industry. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're gonna yeah. be willing to work together. But so yeah, case... so I guess to, to like to go back to the original question, I don't know. I think sixty five k for someone of Megan The Stallion's like status is actually good. Like, but I, then I don't know. okay, That's okay, sure, because sure. I think because I don't see her as leading her lane. I see her as kind of following the trend. I don't either. And but for then, that reason, I see her kind of doing in the in the middle of numbers. I don't either. But then if Roddy Rich is gonna do sixty five k and get clowned for it, then why is this possible? It's because Roddy Rich was being set up to lead the lane. He was being set up. He to was lead, not okay. He was not set to lead set melodical lead. rap. He was being set because like the like going into his project last year he had so much hype around it people were like this is going to change the game this is going to change melodic rap like this is going to be the spotlight I, no one ever album. said that i people were saying it was going to be the breakthrough album you were saying it was going to be his breakthrough album his breakthrough album not genre defining but i thought it was going to be a good album for him i was looking forward to it and he didn't deliver right and that's why he got okay, sure, in sure, that number expectation issue okay. yes exactly okay. that's why he got clowned for it but yeah, I mean, I heard some people say it was phenomenal, but again, I think it's just one of those things where um, you can clearly see that is she she is very much a, a niche artist, right? Um, it, it's like, if you listen to her, you'll probably love this album. If you don't listen to her, you'll probably never listen to this album or maybe even not hear about right, it. Right, agree with that. So I, I think that's, that's a good way to put it and we'll leave it at that. Um, almost wrapped up here and then we'll move on to the industry news before getting into our actual topic for today um staying alive dj khaled drake little baby i thought this song was okay it, it did not meet my expectations but it's catchy it, it's gonna get played it's gonna be decently popular um drake did what pretty much what i expected from drake on a dj khaled song what i was disappointed by was the baby feature it, it didn't really cater yep. to him uh, compared to like at every chance I get with Baby and Dirk from last year, right? That was more very much like a, 
okay, this song wasn't even DJ Khaled's. It was probably recorded by Take Heath as part mm -hmm. of Voice mm -hmm. of the Heroes, and then they gave it to him. This seemed very much like Khaled was behind it. And so speaking of, I wasted the, little baby. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about this track and and really how similar it is to um, what was the song off of CLB? Future. Oh, Young girls want girls. No, 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 what? not the one with baby. What was the song that I despise? Way too sexy. Uh so okay. The only reason you're saying that is because it's sampling like a viral. Catchy... That's not the only reason. That sure, that's one of them. But also, like, like a uh, sonically, it has a lot of similar like bright sounds, so where it ends up being much more mm. like uh, lighter it's and a playful. much slower. It sounds track. like it's made. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not saying like the BPM, but like it just sounds like it's made to be very like viral friendly. Like it, it feels like this song was made with the target of like, hey, we're gonna take an old song, we're gonna try to build a nostalgia, we're gonna try to, to like push this well, on social media to build hype for the album. Here's the thing though. And I don't think it worked for this song. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what Khaled does. Khaled, he's been doing this the past few albums. He will take a Drake feature and curate it to go viral because right. Khaled in the past seven years has largely built his popularity out of being a goof on social media. Like, mm -hmm. started off with snapchat actually i remember the Khaled snapchat stories back in yep, 2016 yep. was like a big thing and then he kind of moved to tiktok now that tiktok has become a thing and also instagram uh so his brand is very much about going viral and that's what mm -hmm. he does now with his singles is that a good thing for hip-hop no but right, sometimes it works him. sometimes it works in this case it didn't but I don't hate the song. I still listen to it from time to time. And you didn't hate the song. Yeah, I, I will actually say I didn't hate the song because of the playfulness of Drake and Baby. I don't think, again, I... Okay, but they had playfulness on Girls Want Girls and you're like, this song sucks. No, I did not say Girls Want Girls sucks horribly. I was also... I feel like Girls Want Girls I was more lukewarm on. I was really mad at... uh, What's it called? Way too sexy, though. Yeah. Okay, but... fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, His album drops this friday uh we're gonna obviously expect big name features that's what khaled does uh there's gonna be another track on here with expect Lil Baby. It's gonna garbage be album future and little baby this song's probably gonna be a banger you got two atlanta trap dudes mm -hmm. like come on you're, you're gonna get something uh i have no expectations for, i have no expectations i'm not expecting project you to khaled expect, is it's uh, okay. it's, he's, he's showing us he's showing us what he's capable of and that's ruining moving on here so we had a single from offset uh not really talked about because he's just not very relevant anymore along with the migos called 54321 but it was produced by baby keem which is something we're talking about it because it's interesting about. seeing keem after only having two projects out already having this level of kind of influence yeah in but the you industry. shouldn't be surprised i mean he he basically melodic blue was largely worked on by kendrick mm -hmm. mr morale was largely worked on by keem I mean, yep. Keem did the Travis feature. Obviously, he had the Kendrick features. And a lot of people don't realize this, but there, Keem actually did a feature for um, What's Next, the Drake track. Uh, Drake just chose not to release the version with Keem. He just went solo. Mm -hmm. But it's real. I mean, I've, see, I've seen it on TikTok. There, there is a version of that song with a baby Keem verse. So it really seems like with that, um, with that pack there, Scary Hours 2, uh, he sent those songs out to a lot of different people and got a mm -hmm. lot of different verses back and kind of went with what he felt was best. 
because we were talking about Rod Wave earlier. We were you were just watching that TikTok yep. clip where Rod Wave actually had a version of Lemon Pepper Freestyle sent to him. And he was like, he had the opportunity to do a verse on it. Ultimately, he didn't because he couldn't find the right vibe with it. Um, I think Rick Ross ended up being the good fit for that track. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Obviously, Wants and Needs had Little Baby on it, but I'm sure there may be versions of that song out there with other possible features. And then you have What's Next was probably sent out to a lot of people and Keem had a feature there. So imagine what that could have done for him yeah. in, in, in 2021. I, but regardless, he clearly has the connections, right? So I'm, oh, not, yes, I'm yes. not surprised that he's already producing for other people. Like this should not come as a shock. Yeah, I still think it is. Just like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's featuring, but like the producing side of things, I, I am because I think that that tends to be a little more like um, tight knit of a of a community, it's like a space to I break guess. in. There's producing for other artists. I guess. Um, and the thing is, they did have a song together on Donna too, right? Yeah, People yeah. forget this. They they had a "We Did It Kid." It wasn't an official track, but it exists. So I'm not surprised that they uh, at least know each other in that sense. And the last one up is JID single. And I remember you were going crazy about this. Well, I don't know uh, which one are you referring to? He's released two in the Let's past. Let's talk about both. Yeah. So I guess like the first you released Dance Now with Kenny Mason. That's a fun track. He's got crazy flow switch on it. Kenny Mason also having a moment. He released the EP and he's building a lot of hype after his performance on Stick. But talking back about Jid, uh, Dance Now, really great. And then he released this past week, uh, 2007 which was supposed to be the outro for his album Forever Story, which got the drop date. So we can talk about the albums coming mm -hmm. this next week. Next, um, JID's album Forever Story is going to be one of those coming out this week. I'm insanely hyped for this. And I think this is going to be like definitely something in, in consideration for album of the year to me, at least, because this outro is crazy. This is like college dropout, um, you know, 2014 forest hills drive level outro and i'm not exaggerating go listen to it go listen to it if you don't believe me it's got the storytelling it's got the beat switches it's got all the elements of what made all of those outros great and those albums classic and it really hurts me that this got cut from the project because one of the samples didn't clear so like for context the song kind of is structured around him like saying like he's reminiscing on how he became a rapper because he used to play uh, football at a close to professional level. Like he was playing cornerback starting at a college level. Mm -hmm. So how he transitioned from being football and sports centric to, to rap centric in his career in rap. And he was basing that around songs that were coming out in year, starting with the year 2007. So he right. uses samples from those. So one of those just didn't get cleared. Um, yeah, but it's absolutely insane. So I'm incredibly hyped for this project and 2007, um, definitely one of the best tracks to be released this year no i'm sad i got cut from the project did you ever listen to it because i know i was trying to get you to listen i have not yet just because it's again one of those things where i'm still behind on new music just because i've been so busy the same reason we haven't been recording right it's, i've been just like bogged down with the tasks and things to do but i think now it's finally starting to settle a little bit i'm getting settled in here so we'll definitely do my best especially for season five to make sure that i'm actually up to date because i don't want to be up mm -hmm. here talking about things that i haven't actually listened to you know so we'll be fully transparent with that but yeah so you said this album's dropping friday we got the Khaled album dropping friday yep. um and a couple other things we'll jump into nav nav dropping friday yeah finally um finally yeah he's right. gonna actually i'm scared bro i don't know who's gonna get number one this next week is it gonna be dj or is it gonna be nav bro and nav's got he's so, in the running 
all jokes aside, I think it all is actually aside. it actually is a genuine question to ask because um if I had to say who I think is gonna get number one, it's probably gonna be Khaled just because yeah, that's gonna course. get the most clicks and plays, of course. right? Um, but between Nav and, and JID, it could be a close battle for number two. And I'm I'm saying that genuinely no, just because I, I like, believe it. Nav still gets a lot of listens. Yeah, like people yeah, still really yeah. show up for Nav. He's yeah, one of those artists yeah. where he's got for his sure. core fan base and for sure, yep. for sure. Yeah, so that's what we have looking at for this week. So it's actually good because the last few weeks have been kind of dry. So yes, yes, um, there was one kick things off. that I, you know, we didn't talk about. I want to talk about really quick for the news: the Black Thought and uh, Danger Mouse album. Uh, really good. What was it called? Uh, Bro, why are you be bringing up these names as if we know who you're talking about? It's because they're under. Hey, like there, he's Black Thought is incredibly popular, especially in the underground hip hop space. He's like Bro. one of the leading. You be bringing uh, up people. these names. He was like the he was like the figurehead of the them. Roots, bro. Roots, iconic hip hop group. You're acting like the the, the Roots like okay, things fall okay, apart okay, was not okay, one of the okay, most iconic okay, products continue, of continue, I'll, I'll hip hop. One of the literally... anyways, bro. You, you need to go get educated on uh, that conscious hip hop stuff. But uh, cheat codes with the Danger Mouse and Black Thought, great project and underground space. It's got uh, features from and a post uh. Posthumous feature from MF Doom, you know, ASAP Rocky's on this, Conway the Machine, uh, Joey Badass. It's got some pretty good features. Uh, really great classic, like underground boom bat beats. Great project through and through. Go listen to it and uh, go listen to the roots too while you're at it. Glad you enjoyed it, bro. All right. So moving on here to the industry news. A uh, couple of quick things I'll run through. Some new platinum certifications, Voice of the Heroes, now platinum. Shout out to Baby, shout out to Dirk. I Never Liked You, now platinum. Shout out to Future, really like that album a lot. And then DS Forever is also now platinum. Shout out to Gunna, I'm not surprised though, given how viral Push and P was, right? Yeah, um, that's fair. So, so those are the new certifications here. Apparently Lil Wayne, so so for, in case anyone forgot, this didn't really generate a lot of buzz, but uh, we had the uh, Road to Ovio Fest um, October World Weekend finally took place, like I think last week. Drake actually had COVID, so he had to postpone it. But it finally happened and you had a little bit of a Young Money reunion. Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne shared the stage. Performance was kind of clown, if you ask me. Well, it was kind of didn't really generate a lot of energy and the chemistry wasn't really there. But Lil Wayne did say something about the Carter six coming soon. Now, what does this mean? I mean, Carter five dropped in 2018 and that took like five years to actually yeah, like yeah. come to fruition. Lil Wayne's still active. He does random features. He kind of just does what he wants now. I don't know what coming soon is supposed to mean. Um, and I'm not really going to anticipate this because it could be like, who knows when this is going to drop, right? He just said yeah. something. Lil Wayne kind of just operates in his own world now. So we have to wait. But at least we know, like, you know, he's still, he's still, oh, going yeah, he's at not it. done. I mean, he's still, I mean, he's, he's can still rap. I mean, that's one of those. Oh, yeah. He's still got really the chops go for sure. Still got the chops. So next thing up that I found really interesting was, and we'll talk about Travis for a bit. Uh, he had his, two shows a couple of weeks ago, almost three weeks ago now, actually, uh, two weeks ago from the time we're recording this um, at the O2 in London, back-to-back -back shows. So first of all, he made over a million dollars in merch from these two shows combined, which is absolutely insane, right? Like, like that's just crazy. Um, and there's very few artists who will be able to I do mean, that. Travis I mean, is a marketing, like, Travis you know, he markets. And his merch, dude, yep. it's just crazy. Like his, his brand is like second to none in the industry. Um, 
great performances, sold out crowds. Like it was hype. The energy was there. Um, and it was good to see him like happy performing again and that there were no casualties and it all went well. So I think this was a great step in the right direction mm. as he eases his way back to the U.S. stage, right? Like the first step was the Rolling Loud appearance. Then step number two here is what we just saw. This was in London, though, obviously not in the United States. Mm -hmm. And apparently towards the end of this year, he's doing several shows in Las Vegas as like residencies at, at like nightclubs and stuff. So I think this is his way of easing back into the U.S. performance scene. What I'm confused on now, though, is I thought that this uh, series of shows or two shows rather in London was going to be kind of a precursor to Utopia being on the way very soon. And now a lot of people are saying that this album is not even going to drop in 2022 because it seems like he's more focused on these shows right. and residencies and he's playing new music, but he's not emphasizing it. So I have no idea what's going on then. That's what it's kind of seemed like to me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I thought if he had a time to drop something, it would have been the past few weeks, especially given that there weren't any major releases really. Yeah. So I think at this point, he's really trying to get his image fully back before he drops yeah. the album. Rather I mean, than that trying could be to a restore, while. He's not yeah. really trying to restore the image through the album. He's trying to build that back first and then, you know, he'll give us whatever music. But hey, so far, what the new songs he has previewed, they all sound great, super like futuristic. And I think he definitely has a vision and concept in mind for this. The question is, will it end up being just as good or better than Astroworld? That's basically all we have to see. And time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting forever. Probably a lot of time. Over <laughs> yeah, four yeah. years since Oscar Probably a lot more time. And like he dropped his whole discography in four years, right? And now it's been four right. years since Astro. So uh it's gonna it be a be long another one. Still gonna be a long wait. Two, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's never it's not like it's never gonna drop. Like we will get this at some point. It's just a question of when. Uh, next up, we'll talk about Gunna. So supposedly there's been talks that he might get freed soon. But then what's interesting is Young Thug got denied bond for a third yep. time. And as academics would say, they're calling it YS Tell right now, because apparently some people are like they're telling like they're they're starting to talk uh, on like against Young Thug. Mm. So uh, it, it's getting he is interesting. the king slime, there. man. It's getting interesting. They're not letting him out. They're saying that if they let out Young Thug, then he's gonna try to like intimidate and like, yeah. like threaten people behind the scenes. So they don't trust him one bit. Uh, he's still locked up. Trial is set for January twenty three. Hope Gunna gets out though, as Joe Burrow said, "Free Gunna wanna." Free, free Gunna wanna. So I, I think there's a decent chance Gunna might get out. Like honestly, because he doesn't seem to be as involved or as deep in this as young thug is. And none of them mm -hmm. have actually directly done anything bad. It's more about the, their affiliation with what's happened. Right. Right. But the, like you said, though, like the DA seems very uh, scared about young thug and his like, influence. Yeah. Well, so, so I doubt that he's going to, yeah. Young thug um, for sure. ain't yeah. getting out, but gonna, yeah. I think there's a chance. So, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. Um, now, Speaking of the Atlanta scene here, let's talk about Lil Baby. So it is currently August 21st and his album has not dropped yet. Mm. In May, he put out a tweet that said like seven question mark 22. He was going to drop the album in July, which I thought made sense because he was about to go on tour. It's like, OK, he should have new like a new album, new music to be able to perform on this tour. Um, and then he announced the documentary in July and it became sort of apparent that he wasn't going to drop the album in July. He was going to drop it alongside With the, documentary. the documentary on the 26th. But now we're five days away from the documentary dropping and there's still no word on this album. And then he put out something weird a few days ago, like a new snippet. He's like, hmm, this might have to be the first single off my new album. And I'm like, first single? You've dropped four. 
Yeah, you, you that dropped, absolutely. You dropped. Uh, uh, you dropped that one. You dropped five, actually. No, five or four. He dropped. Um, four. In a minute, yep. right on, and then he dropped uh, "Frozen," right, and then he dropped "You Dig," that song with Forty Two Doug and the other the other artist, right? He dropped like four singles, and I, I right. Think those so it's just, the... it, yeah, yeah, man. I don't I, get it. I don't get it either. Um, the latest rumor I saw today was that the documentary will drop on Thursday evening or Friday, whatever you want to call it, and then the album is going to drop in September. Now I don't know how reliable mm. these sources are, but. We're going to get it this year. I, I will be confident sure. enough to say we're going to get it this year. You know, for me, I'm kind of at the point where I was with Kanye. And uh, after Don did the listening parties yeah, where we man, kept saying like, he's going to drop it. And it just keeps getting pushed. So at this point, you know, I know it's going to drop this year. I don't know when. I'm not going to try and anticipate. I'm just going to write it out. And uh, yeah. I'm going to be honest, man. My hype is waning for this project. Uh, I had a lot of hype coming into it because, you know, Baby talked a big game and said he's going to run the game with this he's posed well after uh well here's my turn thing. so i think that I the mean, documentary the documentary is really going to ignite a lot of hype for this album just wait just wait all right we will find out usually we that's what it's very out. soon that was coming out next week so yes so that wraps up all the news and updates we got to get caught up on so one more thing we'll talk about and this is going to segue right into our topic for today um the week is finally here. We've got two very, very big shows coming up this week. So Thursday, Huge. which is five, yeah, massive. Like it's not going to get, it's not going to get bigger than this. Pause. Um, yeah, I was, five I, days. I was waiting for that. <laughs> five days from now, we've got after hours till dawn, the weekend at Lumen Field here in Seattle, and then a week or six days. No, no, no five to four days actually. Now, damn, it's getting even closer. Yeah, yeah today is Sunday. Like, today is about? Sunday. So on Thursday, <laughs> yeah. we've got the weekend at Lumen Field. We are yeah. in row two, so we're going to be right next to the stage. It's going to be epic. And then Saturday, we've got Big Steppers Tour. So Keem, Tana Leone, Kendrick at Climate Pledge Arena here in Seattle. Um, for the Kendrick Tour, I don't really have much to talk about just because it's typical arena tour it's not really much different than what he's done in the past with his arena tours you know i'm definitely expecting something with like because he said mr morale out of the box so i'm expecting something in relation to that obviously we're going to have a good intro like opening performance from keem and some oh, songs yeah. they're going to do together and for as far as set list goes i'm expecting maybe like few songs off yeah, few yeah. songs off mr morale like the top ones my predictions are gonna be like i think he'll do n95 i think he'll yeah. do die hard father time maybe like uh what is that other song called maybe a few of the slower ones rich like spirit savior, rich, rich spirit, spirit. Sa yeah. savior for sure because keem's on that one yeah um silent hill obviously um and then maybe one more conscious one he might maybe an outro or something but yeah you're gonna get a, probably a lot of the hits from good kid mad city up, oh yeah up, good kid mad city Danny i doubt Hunter. he'll go back to section 80 i i, I doubt so. he'll untitled and master i think stuff. i think going back to section 80 was the vegas special that yep, we had yep, last year yep. right so that's what we got and then keem obviously is one album out he's gonna run his set list that he's been running this whole time mm -hmm. so um trademark lost souls family ties range brothers the typical um that's basically all i got uh we have floor seats so it's going to be exciting but like i kind of i think this is a very safe type concert in, in, safe in the sense that it, it's it's going to be good it's going to be fun it's going to be a great show but you it's know not what you're getting like, you know gonna, yeah yeah it's not going to be anything crazy um now moving on to the after hours tours so obviously i know a little bit about this maybe a little more than i should know 
That's right, um, man. I'm staying because, in the dark again. For hey, the record. He, he, he had his Dallas show just a week ago. Shout out to Dallas, by the way. But um, I, I know a ton of people who went because it was all over Instagram for me last week. Um, they obviously seemed like they had a great time, and I'm sure we're going to also. Um, as far as a set list goes, I know a little bit, but not enough to where the whole thing will be spoiled. Uh, I do know that it's almost two hours and it's roughly 30 songs. So it's going to be a huge set list. It's going to be really epic. Um, I don't want to say more. Yeah, don't. Because like I definitely <laughs> want a lot of this to be a surprise just as much as you do. I mean, obviously you're, it's going to be a complete surprise for you. But what are your predictions? Because I, I do want to... I do want to get this down so we can come back to this next week and see uh, what actually happened. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Thought was gonna happen. I, mean, I mean, I think the set's going to be quite crazy just based on what I've kind of uh, heard and, and seen from also like the Super Bowl, right? He had all these different transitions and well, set pieces. Super Bowl. I, you know, I'm not saying so, it'll be exactly the same. And I don't want to hear if this is right or not. Well, but, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, the thing is, I can tell you, and this is not just from After Hours tour, but just any weekend tour, the transitions are always crazy. And if there's one thing that you're going to get with a weekend concert, um, you will get like very unexpected transitions, right? Like, right. and again, I'm not, I, I don't know what the transitions are because I haven't seen any of them, but like, I remember like looking at footage from Starboy tour, like, and also as Coachella from 2018, one of the mm -hmm. transitions he would do is crew love into house of balloons. Right. Which is like, what, how does that uh, work? Yeah. It's like, but then when you hear it live, you're like, that was crazy. Um, and like another one, uh, like another transition, if you remember maybe from uh, Super Bowl. He, he had like um, the hills until I can't feel my face, which is still a little more like same album. Um, but yeah, like he, he, he's been known to have like these crazy transitions. He, he'll have a song from like 2011 and transition it into a, like a 2022 track. Right. Um, so it'll keep you on, on your toes. Uh, and that, that's what you're going to get like transitions wise set wise. I don't think he's going to, it's not going to be exactly like Super Bowl because Super no, Bowl yeah, was kind of in not. the Of course, it's not going to be exactly the same. It wasn't but, like, a fixed I mean, stage. it's going to be, it's still going to be, I think, pretty massive in terms of like sets because he has a lot of space to play with. Was, yeah, I mean, we know the layout. Is. We know the layout, at least. He has like the, the screen and the main stage at the at the very back. And then you have a runway and then there's a center circle, which is where we're, what we're right next to. And then if you keep moving, he has another little platform in the front. And from what I've heard, like based on what I've seen on Twitter and what people have told me is he spends about half his time, if not more in that little circle, which mm -hmm. is why I moved us up to row two there. Because I don't think you have any, like you still don't realize how close we're going to be to him during this set. I mean, you're right. I don't, I, seen <laughs> I know, so I know I because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen like photos from right, that right. vantage point. This is going to be crazy. But in terms of like a uh, set list, uh, what do you think? Mm, definitely like uh more of kind of the the poppy like uh vibe type stuff i think there's gonna be a lot of stuff from after hours that gets played um uh, a few stuff from i don't actually think there's gonna be as much dawn fm as i would expect there to be right? i'm gonna after I'm hours gonna, tour here's the thing so, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go well it's it's after hours till dawn tours so yeah both, sure you have sure. to realize but i think there's is... a bigger emphasis on after hours though okay that, that that's, that's my fair... prediction that's, that's my prediction. Okay, that that's a fair prediction. I'm I, I'm thinking the opposite, and here's why: for two reasons. Number one is a recency bias with non-FM, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
And I just think that in terms of like visuals, like the after hours visuals were obviously very cinematic, but it was mostly like music videos. Whereas for Don FM, he did like a whole 30 minute, like uh live experience thing on, on a yep, video. That's true. Remember. So there's the recency bias. And I also think that Don FM translates better to concerts because you have songs. Like if you just look at the, the first half of the album, especially um, it was pretty packed. Like, yep. Yeah. In terms of just energy, right? You have How Do I Make You Love Me, which is like a very EDM-esque, like, you know, hype track. Sacrifice is also in that lane. Take My Breath also has very hard-hitting production, right? So just those three itself. And then you move on more into like, I mean, if he doesn't play out of time, I'd be shocked, right? Just because oh, of yeah. how like successful yeah. that song has been. And I think the second half of Don FM kind of trails off a little bit where you lose some of that like hype concert vibes. Um, whereas after hours is more cinematic and doesn't uh -huh. necessarily have the stuff that's going to get people jumping in out of their seats. Right. There are some tracks, but, but, but there's tracks that people like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. You're right. You're right. There are some tracks, like obviously blinding lights. Uh, it, like, it's going to get, I, that's played. obvious. Save your tears. Obvious. Like blinding obviously. lights. Like I, I guarantee you, those are going to be played. I'm either going to sure. blinding lights is either going to be one of the first few tracks or the or last. The last yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. That. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I think, and this is also another thing. I think I'm, I'm going to hear a lot more songs from Starboy and beauty behind the madness than I would like to, for me, uh, I've never thought of Starboy that highly. I don't like it. I think it's one of like the weekend's weaker projects in his discography. Like there's still some good songs off there. Like uh, one thing I want oh, to call Starboy is, is going to get played because yeah, it's because not it's gonna... so pop and it's so yeah. like like uh you know but stadium he, pop. He also performs that song really well. I yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not hating on that, but I'm just saying like um. I, I'm saying that there's going to be a lot of songs off that album. I feel like they get performed just because they lend themselves to like stadium tour mm -hmm. energy. Right. Yeah. And, and um, you also got to realize that there a lot of people are going to this tour. Like the accessibility for this tour is insane because even if you're not like crazy diehard fans, like you and I, who are willing to fork over like hundreds of dollars to go to the very second row on the floor, I mean, you also have people who are like, uh, just, you know, they've heard his hits, right? And right. Like, Radio oh, hits. I can get nosebleeds for 50 bucks. Why not? I may yep, as well yep. go because it's a stadium and there's like 50,000 seats that people can fill. And, and so I noticed, especially with the Dallas show, I'm scrolling through my stories and I'm seeing people at the concert and I'm like, okay, I had no idea you listened to the weekend, but that it's not necessarily that they do. It's more that it's, this is like a huge like event. Heard, yeah, yeah, of course. A huge event. It, it, and it's pretty affordable unless if you don't want like a great seat so may as well go right like yep. I, I know this is one of those things that i think um you know at first i was kind of like uh oh like the casuals are gonna ruin this but it's also no like, i don't think so i, think I don't think that's and, that big of a deal uh, because like um i think it's one of those things that if you can go you should because yeah, it's yeah. a great experience in general and if it's so accessible you know why not yep uh, the last thing I'm going to leave with here is before we segue perfectly into our topic is I really hope that he, so first of all, Kissland, right? He, he tweeted earlier this year, he promised Kissland segments at this tour. Mm -hmm. So he better come through on that performance, right? Or, or, or uh, come through on that promise rather. 
I agree. Yep. Yep. With, with some Kislein stuff now. And I definitely want some early like trilogy stuff, but I yeah. don't know how much of that to yeah. expect. The, the, what, the reason that I'm not super confident on this stuff though, is because this tour is so accessible. He, he's got to be like, okay, what is my audience? Right. I you almost want, feel like it's going to be like the greatest hits. You with want extra energy songs from, from the crowd. And, yeah. and Kissland is not going to bring energy from the crowd because they're not going to know it. Yep, yep. <laughs> that that's just the reality of it, right? Like, like if you go back and look at Kissland, like listen count, uh, Spotify, I think every song still under a hundred, uh, hundred million. I would be willing to bet compared with you to like most of Musaf's got billions. Right? I'd be willing to bet with you that if you perform something off Kissland, I would be the only person around us who knows the lyrics. I don't know about that. I still think there's some some diehard fans, but I think that it would be very sparse. I would say that, yeah. You wouldn't know the lyrics. <laughs> I'm gonna call yeah, you. Not, not for some of it. <laughs> I mean, I already, I already told you. It's like, like, what are the odds you think that I can get through this entire concert knowing every single word to every song? Because I, my confidence is pretty for myself, and you know how much I listen to him. Yeah, yeah. So my confidence high. is pretty high. I even asked one of my other friends who's already been to one of the shows. I'm like what are the like like how much would you bet like or would you be willing to bet that i can get through like every single song knowing every lyric and they were like no because i know i lose the bet <laughs> oh so yeah i'm gonna put money on it yeah i already told you I'm, I'm going off um on thursday um so you better be ready but <laughs> that that's what we got coming up really exciting week looking forward to it i'm definitely counting the days but that segues us perfectly into our topic here um, which is talking about, you know, what makes a good live performance, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is for two reasons. One is that we're about to go see two live performances this week, which I haven't seen any live uh, concerts since Vegas last year. I know you've been to several here and there. But, I have been to a few around yeah, the area. I haven't but... been since Vegas. So this is going to kind of revive that for me in that sense. But the main reason I want to talk about this is actually in a group chat. Uh, uh, I saw someone who went to the Dallas show actually said this, and it, it sparked a lot of controversy in the group chat. And, and when I first read the statement, I'm like, wait, no, this is absurd. But then I started thinking about this, and I'm like, wait, this is not absurd. It actually makes a lot of sense. So the day after the weekend's performance in Dallas, he said, um, the weekend is a better live performer than Travis Scott. And when you hear that statement at face value, you're like, mm -hmm. no way, no way. Travis Scott's like considered one of the best live performers, blah, 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 blah. His shows are crazy. The mosh pits, the energy. But then when you really think about it, it's true. Like, I think it's a true statement. I yeah, I yeah, think at 100%. Because, I agree. actually think Travis is not a great live performer. So I don't think he's not a great live performer. I think he's an average live performer. Yeah, I know, well, I know well, average for rap. Okay, I know we'll, we'll people listening later. right now yeah, yeah. are like, these two are insane. I'm about to turn off no, the no, podcast. No, no, no. What are you talking about? Hear me out here. Travis has done a really good job in cultivating high energy, like crazy crowds, like, and, and, and just like the overall like rage atmosphere at his shows. Right. Um, and, and a lot of that, you have to give him credit for performing in such a way that led his, fan base and his crowds to bring that energy every time he performs right mm -hmm. so he gets credit for that but in terms of like like from a from a technical perspective right being a good live performer like 
he he's really not because his crowd mm-hmm. brings the energy for him, right? And one thing that really kind of made me realize this is when we saw Don Toliver live, because from the outside, you would be like, oh, Don Toliver is a phenomenal live performer. His shows are crazy. The energy is great. There's mosh pits. Like people are just like, like losing their minds, like going crazy out of control, uh, which is all very true. But that's because they bring that energy for him. And he just like yells and has visuals and effects that like keep that going forward. And the same thing with Travis, right? A lot of his like songs, like he doesn't even actually rap it. Like he's just yelling and trying yeah. to create as much energy as possible so that the effect is what you would think it is for a Travis show. Whereas an artist like The Weeknd is turning like chill R&B tracks into like exciting, like, you know, like the bass is hitting hard. You know what I mean? Like that that's what he's really doing. And he, his crowd interaction and the way he's able to bring energy out of the crowd on his own, right, is at mm. another level compared to a lot of these other people who kind of have that energy brought for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I think there's a lot to unpack with that. There is, um, there's a lot. I guess let's start with like... Um, yeah, I guess like, what do you think? Like, when you go to a concert, let's start with this back up a little bit. When you go to a concert, like, uh, why are you going? Right. I think that's like the main mm-hmm. question. We're like, what makes a good concert? Right. That's what we're trying to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like, uh, what do you expect out of the artist versus what do you expect out of the environment? I mm-hmm. think that's an important distinction. Yes, 100%. Because I think, and I think that's what kind of what you're getting at here, right? Is that for Travis, People don't expect a lot out of the artists. I actually would generalize that to most rappers. I think for mm-hmm. most rappers, people do not expect a lot out of their rap artists um, other than just to keep the environment engaging and the energy engaging, which 100%. is what ends up carrying. So I think like, you know, when you're comparing concerts, it's hard to compare across genre lines like that because people will go to a rap show, the rap the rapper themselves will do next to nothing like they won't rap they'll kind of just bounce around the stage and people be like oh that show was crazy that show was great because, because of the environment yeah because of the crowd and the environment right and that's why you get like these stories of people at like major festivals like acl or something being like we were trapped at the cardi show and it was an absolute nightmare like he he was horrible he was like stumbling around the stage and people were yelling and jumping and it was horrible right because they have a, a misunderstanding yeah, because i don't think cardi is a good live performer like individually right? yeah 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 so let, let's start by separating that is phenomenal right. there's two there's two components to every show right the environment and the artist most rappers are terrible performers objectively mm-hmm. they are not able to sing all their words in a live setting they're not able to make it sound like the record um, which sometimes you don't want it to sound exactly like the record, but for the mm-hmm. most part, I think most people expect a, a song that sounds similar to the record when they're seeing it live, right? Mm-hmm. But where rap artists excel in is bringing the environment, yeah. right? Um, because like, uh, so I've, I've been to a lot of different concerts, you know, I've been to like kind of more folksy concerts, more rap concerts, you know, kind of all over the spectrum. One thing that's tough is, is like for most artists that aren't rap artists, is to handle the crowd and crowd's expectations, mm-hmm. right? So to give a great example, I was at a folk uh, type concert this past March for a group called Big Thief. And the concert before that, they had to send out a public statement to people about talking between songs because mm-hmm. they were having an issue where 
they play a song. It's a folk song. It's kind of slower. So they finish the song and then people start whispering to their friends in the audience and it destroys the atmosphere. Now people mm-hmm. are taken out of the, the feeling that they're in, right? For rap artists, it's much easier. Like they want the crowd to be excited, chattering between songs, right? They want the energy high uh, and they're able to have a kind of playfulness with the crowd that I think it's harder for a lot of other genres to have. So I think for rap artists, that that is a, a good thing, right? So I think that they excel in environment control. Um, yeah, so I guess which of those two components do you think is more interesting to talk about first, the environment or the artist performance? Well, I mean, you're already talking about the environment. We can go there. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, yeah, let's keep talking yeah. about this environment more than, yeah. Um, so what what are you expecting? And like, obviously, it'll differ in the genres. So let's mm-hmm. just focus on our two concerts coming up next week, right? Mm-hmm. What are you expecting in an environment for like a, a pop, like stadium, like stadium tour, like the weekend mm-hmm. versus like a typical rap concert that Kendrick will be giving us. And we're talking in terms of the environment, right? Yes. In terms of the okay. environment. So in terms of the clubs. environment, like first thing is definitely a more diverse crowd, right? Like, because this is like a stadium tour for an artist who has a lot of radio hits, um, like obviously uh, you will get a lot of like, maybe not families necessarily, but maybe a lot of younger teenagers who might come with their parents, right? Yep. Or something like yep. that. I think so you that, could even get, no, I think you could get kids at a concert like this. Yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. sure, sure. But you will like, see more parents than you would at like a yes. festival, right? Yeah, yeah. Like 100%. Yep. That, that, that's okay. not going to change. Um, And then the other thing I think you will see is um, like, you're not going to see mosh pits for sure. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. You're not going to see people moshing. Um, You're not, gonna see like pushing and shoving as well because it's, is, is there seats, even general right? as i say it's not, yeah, yeah there yeah. is no ga right everyone's seat is assigned um so how do you keep the energy then like how does an artist like the weekend keep the energy levels elevated well now we're going away from the environment thing no i well i know because the artist has to control okay the so i okay right? so environment well another thing is just going to be the, the overall the sound and production mm-hmm. visuals right mm-hmm. what better way to have that um be at the highest quality than to get mike dean to be doing all your synths for you like in the back right that's gonna be a huge factor i can already tell you for sure because every time you get mike dean back there he's gonna he's gonna make everything sound phenomenal right yeah so i I think that's something that's really underrated mm -hmm. the sound design and how because like each venue's got such different um acoustics like for the natural venue so I think having a good sound engineer, someone that's familiar with, and because this is outside spaces. too in the stadium, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's what exactly what I'm saying. It's it's hard. You have, you want to make sure everyone is able to hear well, mm-hmm. and uh, really gets like all the components of the gets the energy of the song, you know. And I think yeah. that's really hard to do in in such a large venue and an outdoor venue, yeah. right? Um, and obviously the visuals, backup dancer, and outfit as well, like um, overall artistic. Well, now mm. we're going. Now we're drifting away from environment a little more into artist performance stuff. But yeah, I mean the the yeah. lines blur, but lines like just blur. talking talking again about the visuals, not mm-hmm. the artists themselves, but like um, yeah, visuals, outfits, yeah. backup dancers. Like that's all. So what what kind thing. of visuals do you think? Do you think that like there's some visuals that every concert should have? I guess like I don't know. Well, it's yeah, hard I to... mean in the case in the case with the weekend, like you know his visuals are going to be after hours Don FM esque, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and we've we've already seen a couple of photos this is not me i'm not me spoiling this is like from what i've yep. already yeah, showed yeah. you it's like the backdrop is like it's already city. been spoiled for yeah. me basically a, ba- a backdrop the backdrop <laughs> is going to be like a city yeah like city skyline 
and then he's got that moon at the front, right? Yep, yep. So I think that represents your two halves. It's like the after hours side and the Don FM side. Mm. Red and blue, right? Right. So, so being able to use those set pieces to kind of like control the mood and stuff. And I know a lot of artists will will put stuff on their projectors or screens. So I don't know about the weekends show, but I know that usually artists will use some sort of looping video or something. Yeah. Like look at the Kanye uh, Donda performance yeah. right where he had all the visuals and it just kind of like the looping visual it helped enhance the atmosphere so much for at least donda right he had yeah, all these sure. military-esque visuals looping um so i think at, at some level i'd like to see something like that but also sometimes like if that can take away from the artist right i feel like sometimes mm -hmm. i catch myself watching those visuals too much and I lose focus on the artist. So I think there's an important balance to strike there. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and then I guess Kendrick is the other one that we're talking about. I already talked about a little bit about this, but now Kendrick is in the rap space, right? Um, see, this is kind of difficult because I, I consider Kendrick a good life performer for rap. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe let's talk about Travis then, since that was the original like, sure. point. Sure, the bad example. The, yeah, the yep. bad example. Well, environment, good example, right? Because right, like, right. People like people want when they go to see Travis, people want to go mosh. They want to go crazy. They want it to be like a, a rowdy kind of like. Uh, so part of that's reputation, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So part of that's like Travis's reputation for being like a, a rage, quote unquote, rage type artist. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's, um, the, so that's what the environment and then he yells and he says things like while performing to maintain that. Um, yeah. But I get this. I guess this is where we move into the actual like artists like performance abilities because like when it comes right. to Travis, right? Like yeah, he's using auto tune, sure. But like for a rapper, he's not necessarily he's not rapping every word, right? He's kind of on right. and off. He's yelling a lot. Like he's just getting the crowd going. Compared to the weekend, right? His his vocal performances on a live stage are insane. Like I don't think there's many right. do it better. He doesn't use auto tune. He just does it all natural right it's just him talking into the mic right so so to kind of go back to that i think one of the things that i want to see at a live performance from the artist is studio quality right studio like quality. i don't want to say it has to i don't think it has to match the sound on the album like That's i love attempt. it when artists do alternative well, well if it's an intentional alternative like take of something right i'm trying to think of an example uh, but some artists will do like different versions, like an mm. acoustic version of a song or yes, something yeah, live. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, that's fine. But it has to be at the level where I could see it being on that. You know what I mean? Like I want mm -hmm. it to be the same performance they would deliver on an album. I don't want it to be like them cutting out or over relying on on backing tracks, which I think is a huge sin that rappers make. So many rappers let backing tracks carry them through their entire life performance. That's very true. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is like when we say The weekend is a better live performer than Travis, which again, like I know there's people who probably still aren't convinced, right? But but you're looking more at the environment and the, the right. show itself rather than, I'm talking about like who performs their own music better, right? Right. Um, and, and in that case, that would be The weekend because like the, the quality you're getting is like, like it's just insane. Like if it, sometimes I feel that his live versions sound better than what he puts out on streaming, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you know. Even with Kendrick, right? Like hearing him rap his verses word for word live is actually like 
it just brings out the talent of the artist, right? right? Because it's so different from being in a studio where you have effects and you can like punch make in, your, punch out. Make your, yeah. yeah, you can make your breath control seem more exaggerated than it actually is. I would give Lil Baby props too for being a good live performer because I've yeah, seen him I live and he, he did raps really good most control, of right? his stuff, right? Gunna, on the other hand, not so much, right? Right. And I'm just trying to think of it, like good examples, bad examples, right? Uh, another great example, Beyonce, right? Like hundred percent, oh, yeah. great live yep, performer. Yep. Uh, bad example, the Migos, probably some of the worst. <laughs> They're horrible, dude. DJ Khaled is another bad example. Have okay. you seen his performance at any Bro, halftime like, he show? He doesn't even rap. Why are you? Okay, that's the problem. Anyways, yeah, get out of here. Have... okay, but also future. Like, future is another one who I don't think is phenomenal oh, okay. by sure, any means, sure. right? So, so now now we're talking about some specific artists, but I kind of want to bring this discussion back to like um things that people do. So I think we've talked about some general things that make a good performance. What are like some super red flags that like, so I'll start with one. Don't one is it. if an artist, ha... <laughs> one is, is if an artist for me has a history of being late or not showing mm. up, showing up drunk to their Uzi. show. Uzi. Uzi. Big at to Uzi. Kanye. Yeah. Oh, another artist. Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyways, like being late's one thing, right? So like if an artist is usually late or no shows their shows, if I ever see that on reddit then i will go out of my way to avoid buying tickets or going mm. to that artist show like that's what happened with uzi Back in this out. case right um because i think that i don't know like so many people are paying to see you show up right so it's just like a level if, if you do not respect that and you don't show up and it's something that recurs like if something happens one time because of a horrible accident you have to reschedule a show that's fine right like you know that happened the, the weekend in toronto Right. Mm -hmm. And and look at how much uh, he or like, look at what happened to his earlier shows. He had to keep pushing the tour back. Right. Yeah. But every time he's done that, he's tried to kind of make it right mm -hmm. with fans and, and go out of his way. Right. Um, but Uzi just didn't like doesn't care. So that that's something that for me is a huge red flag. It's also I think what you're talking about now is the artists who they view live performing as part of their contractual obligations. They're like, oh, I gotta uh, do yeah. this. Kind of like the, oh, I got to go to work today type of thing, right, right? right? Whereas you have other artists who like, they live for that. Like that's their favorite right. part of the job. Um, and, and with Travis, I'll give him props for that. He loves performing. Like I, I definitely will not um, discredit him for that. Like, do I think that he could be a better performer just technically individually, right. In terms of how he's yes, like actually yes. rapping and stuff like that. Yes. But does he actually love performing live? Like, yes, he does. Um, mm -hmm. artists like some, but some artists, it doesn't show like Polo G for example, right. Like he's been known to like, clearly you can tell he doesn't like it. Um, and even with Drake, right? Drake is kind of an anomaly here because yeah, I don't think I'm he's a great live performer, but I don't think he's bad either. Like he has moments in his shows where like, he's like, okay, that was pretty good. But uh -huh. at the same time, I also feel like his songs don't sound that good live compared to the studio versions. Right. But I think that, you know, is that like a sound design problem? Or no, you think I think, I think he, he, he just, uh, he yells more than he needs to in oh. his shows. Yeah okay okay like he'll be doing like a lot of like hey or whatever yeah yeah so speaking of let's talk about like, that you need to yeah do that. so that's something a lot of artists like especially rap artists will do to try to hype up the crowd is they'll like yell into the mic or like one two three four you know like they'll try to do that and then do a drop or something um 
what is your opinion on that? Do you like when an artist does that? Or you think, oh, I, I love when artists do drops, but at the right yes. time, right? Yes. Like, don't like you need to re like read the crowd. That's another big thing. Crowd interaction, like read the crowd. And that's what the weekend has apparently been doing so well at these shows. The people who are at the front, like he'll be like, he'll be pointing at them. He'll like sing to them, eye contact and stuff like that. So that makes a huge difference as you feel immersified in the experience, right? right? Um, and he, he'll like, a lot of people will have like crazy outfits or like wear like a, like a jacket or something that he recognizes and he'll actually like call it out, right? Like he'll point right, at them right. in a sort of like an ICU type of thing that really helps. A lot of artists kind of just ignore their crowd. Right. Um, I, I, but I definitely think like timing the beat drops is great, but also like, like just do it at the right moments, right? You got to read the energy and, and respond to the feedback. It's kind of like right. DJing, right? DJs, yep. good DJs respond to feedback, right? Um, as an artist, you got to respond to feedback. It reminds me of freaking like bankroll Hayden, like goofy. Oh dude. my Remember? God, dude. He's doing some like weird R and B songs. Like, all right, open it up, open it up. It's like, why? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing that gets me when an could artist tries to not force, read the crowd. yeah, tries to force like interact. Yeah. I think that that's something that, that gets developed though. You know, I think like as an artist does more tours and tours with bigger artists, they can recognize that. Yeah. But I do think that is, that's a really good point. That is something that for me can like break a, a show is like if an mm -hmm. artist just has no concept of how to interact with the crowd yeah. and they're just always spamming. It seems like, you know, they have like emotes, like some people like spam emotes. emotes. Exactly. They're just like, Hey, 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 that's one emote. And then open that <laughs> shit up is another emote. And they're just sitting there like spamming that shit. Like, dude, oh, come man. on, do something else. Like, um, one person that I will give props to for being a live performer is Joey. Remember? Oh, yep, yo, yeah, yeah. He had yeah, great yeah, crowd interaction. He came down. Saba. Saba was reading his Saba crowd was really amazing. well. Yep, yeah. Saba was reading his crowd Because well. he, because he was, and he was also getting this level of honesty with the crowd, which is something I really right. admire. Like when artists is vulnerable and all, because he yeah. was like, hey, you know, I know a lot of you guys aren't here to see me. But that's okay. Like, let's just vibe, hang out. Mm -hmm. If you like my songs, you can sing along to it or whatever. If you don't, that's fine. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not going to force you to do certain things. So uh, I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. And then um, you have artists who are able to incorporate dance into the, yes, if, you, if you're that's, able to do that, I want to talk if about. you're able to do that, you, you have like the, like the, the golden ticket. Right. So, like so golden... going way back, I think Michael Jackson was probably oh, yeah, like the first like the, you know not in the first but definitely like one of those prominent examples of an artist who like took that to the next level mm -hmm. right like so much so where like there's you know moonwalk is an iconic michael jackson yeah. dance the other one where he like has the shoes that slit in and he does those super lean forward i forget what those that's called but you know he's invented all these performing techniques that yeah, so many sure. people use nowadays right doja cat like um, is currently one of the latest who's like able to have like dancing and visuals yes, along yes. with um along with being able to deliver a great vocal performance right so, but, but um, i think that's something a lot of rappers struggle with well rap has never really been associated with dance though well okay break dancing like i think that there's and a lot of times supporting dancers they'll be supporting dancers oh, for yeah, rap yeah, artists yeah, yeah, quite yeah. quite sure, often sure, sure. right yeah. and i feel like too many artists don't understand how to utilize that properly so to do a good example like, like kendrick I think at, at the Vegas show at you mm -hmm. least really utilized these backup dancers well. Yeah. He had people with different costumes moving in and out and moving around him and yes. controlling like the kind of the flow of colors and visual yeah. on stage. And ours, I think, did it really bad. Mm -hmm. Um I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think it was right before the headliner one of the days. He had like some backup girl dancers and they were he pretty or he, you know, he's pretty much just brought them up 
on the stage to kind oh, of like, was it like girls on stage. I think so. Was it Young M.A.? I think so. Like, Young she, like, M.A. was the one who on like, she, she was like, uh, I need, I need some of the audience to come on here and twerk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was Young M.A. And it's just yeah, like, she, um, she was very interesting. Maybe like that's not the best example because that, that could kind of be bucketed also into like audience interaction. Yeah. Right. Like I bet you those fans are having the time of their lives of on the stage. But like there's artists that will have backup dancers that tour with them explicitly for that purpose, mm. like just to come on stage and dance, but not really in a, or it doesn't feel like intentional, right? It feels like they're just kind of on stage to be extra like people on stage. Yeah. And that's something I think that like a lot of artists could do better. I think there's kind of entourages sure. on stage or dancers on stage that don't add value. I think that's um, true. So yeah. And yeah, in addition to the artists, having those people mm -hmm. uh, perform well too. Well, I think we covered all the tenets here. So I guess it's a close things off. Like out of all of this, what is the most important thing for you mm. when it comes to live performances? Because I already know. What I, I think it's the sound. For me, it's the sound. It's, it's, it's the 100% sound? getting the sound. It doesn't have yeah. to match studio quality, but it needs to be at least like at a level where, um, you know, it, like it doesn't, have, sorry, it doesn't have to match the album. But um, it needs to be studio quality. That's it kind of reminds me of how some artists had the bass way too high at Vegas, yes, so like yes. it was too loud, right? It's like, yo, chill. Like it doesn't need to be that loud. Yeah, they can me, make or break a show. Yeah, for me, it just comes down to vocal ability, straight up. Like that's mm. pretty much like more than fifty percent of it. Like I'm paying to see you perform live, meaning you actually got to perform live. I want to yeah, see yeah, either okay. either singing like a majority seventy five percent of the words in these songs or like rapping 75%, right? Like if you're doing less than that, like you're not doing it. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. Leave it at that. I'm sure both of the shows we're going to see coming up uh, won't have an issue oh, in, in so. those departments. Be yep, it's um, going to be great. It yeah. is going to be a hell of a week. So with that being said, um, that'll be the end of the episode today and the end of season four. We will go to both of these shows and then we will recap them and that'll be our kickoff to season five. So as always, thanks to everyone who got this far and we'll be back soon with that content.